And like, it was a kid's movie, obviously, but it wasn't, but like, I was just locked in the whole time. Like, it was great. Like, in terms of DreamWorks movies, I would put it up there with like Shrek 2. What? Yeah, like, it's, it's that good to me, I would say. Wow, that's classic. Hold on. No, I actually do have to check it out. I don't know. I've seen a couple things about it. They are very heavily pushing it um, with marketing. Um, but I saw it and I noticed the animation was a little bit different. And I was like, ah, do I even want to see this? And it's like a kind of like a kid's movie animated. I was like, do I want to see this? But nah, now that I got the recommendation, yeah, we got to check in on that. So I didn't go home, so I didn't really do anything. Uh, but it was yeah. good, you know. Uh, me and Kamisi, we cooked, we had dinner. I mean, mm. we did the gift thing a little while ago. So, uh, so like for us, it's just way too many holidays, like back to back. Yeah. So it's like Thanksgiving, our anniversary, Christmas, my birthday, his birthday, and Valentine's Day, all within like two months. Oh wow! <laughs> so yeah, so we're doing this thing where we like kind of split it up. So it's like, okay, we do. Christmas and anniversary in one one thing at the start of December. Mm. And then our birthdays and Valentine's Day. Yeah. So Yeah, bro, that's that's a lot in a short amount of time. Um my I feel like everyone has like a little segment of the year that's just like so many birthdays, anniversaries, just dates to remember. Yeah. Um seems like yours is like the winter time. December is. Um, yeah, they caught you in what, September? Yeah, no, it's August. Um, August, okay. bro, it's uh, it's very, very lined up. So, August. Hold on, I can't get this wrong. August fifteenth is one of my best friend's birthday, Benji. August sixteenth is my uncle's birthday. Or I think those might they might be back to back. Sorry if I'm messing it up. But um, then August nineteenth is Janelle's birthday. August 20th is my dad's birthday. Um, so it's just like four days pretty much in a row that like mm-hmm. ends up being like, okay, I got to make some calls. I got to figure out some things to do. Um, I'm glad I'm not in school anymore, bro, because honestly, the 20th, my dad's birthday was always when we would go back to school. So it was just oh, a, yeah. lot of th- a lot of things going on around that time. And it's hot too, like just a lot of shit going on. <laughs> But um, no, nah, Christmas was cool for me too. Um, wait, no, this is uh. So we talked about how Thanksgiving you were in Tallahassee too, and then Christmas yeah. you were in Tallahassee. Dang, bro, you you locked in in Tallahassee. <laughs> yeah, so I, I did go home for a little bit. Like uh, I think it was like the first week of December. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was cool. And Kamisi got to come, he came back with me to you know uh nice. to meet the fam and everything. Nice. Uh. But no, like Tallahassee is like, it's weird watching it become like kind of like my second home, so to speak. Yeah. Or like my, I guess, primary home in a way. Uh, Cause like I find myself knowing like the little shortcuts to get places now. And I'm just like, yep. oh, like I really, I live here. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, it happens fast too, bro. Like that's how I feel about Charlotte. Or um, on the other hand, how I feel or felt about Columbia. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I went back down to my um, parents' house in. Irmo and I passed through Columbia and I was like, I don't live here anymore. Like, yeah, even see, even seeing the skyline, it's like, yeah, I remember, but like, this is not my home. Like, I don't know when you stay so long in an area, 
not even so long, I guess, like, maybe it's like anything over like six months or so. It really does adapt to be your home. Um, But no, Christmas was good. Um, Really just chilled with fam. I was down there from like Friday until Sunday, Sunday night, Mm -hmm. I came back up. Um, Yeah, bro, it's always nice to have that chill fam time. Um, Didn't really do so much outside of like just hanging around the house, which is what my family loves doing. Um, yeah, but that's always cool around the holidays too, because like I don't know, it takes me back to like childhood memories, just knowing that we are hanging out around the house, watching movies or chilling and stuff like that. So, ate yeah. some good food, got some very essential things that I needed, um, some good winter weather stuff. So it was a pretty successful trip for me. I got you. No, for definitely had to stock up on the the seafood and whatnot while we were back up in South Carolina because it's just not the same here. You said seafood, yeah, like, but like so seafood, but also just like soul food in general, mm. like uh, hush puppies. Like that's not a thing here, Ooh. and I love hush puppies. I love uh, them. even like stuff like grits. Like you would expect it to be kind of the same, but it's just not. Yeah. Or uh, what else do we have? Oh, we had some like salmon patties when I went back up too, because like that's not a thing here either. Mm. So, so stuff like that stuff I think we kind of take for granted, you know? Yeah, that's a little weird actually that um, seafood isn't popping like that in Tallahassee. Oh, I was looking at the map, um, and y'all are like landlocked, right? Yeah, like we're closer to the beach than like obviously we're like used to. But still not mm-hmm. as close as like other places. Yeah. How long does it take you to get to a beach? Mm-hmm. It'd probably be like uh like an hour. Oh, that's hour not so. terrible. Yeah, that's it's not, not too terrible. bad, but like when most places in Florida, you know, like 15, 20 minutes. So like Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, that kind of makes you think about like, all right, if you're in Florida, I, I feel like there's only a handful of places in Florida that you aren't within like walking distance pretty much to go to the beach yeah um, so like if you're living there it's like what's the point but i'm sure the whole thing is beautiful i definitely got to make my way down to tallahassee well i mean i like it it has tallahassee is actually really similar to columbia i would say really and yeah and do with that information what you will <laughs> in both the good <laughs> and the bad ways <laughs> yeah yo i don't know if you've been seeing recently um People have been bringing up the conversation about uh, Colombia and the Chinese food or just Asian food in general mm-hmm. that is in Colombia and how it's like some of the best Chinese American food ever. And, and I I'm don't like, get it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it either. But like every Chinese restaurant I've had in Colombia is really good. <laughs> so I don't know. There must be something in the water down there. No, for real. And I was th- I was thinking about China Kitchen the other day. Because oh, I was man. dropping through a part of Tallahassee that's like kind of sketchy. And then I just got the, the real strong taste for like shrimp fried rice. And I was like, mm. dang, China Kitchen would hit so good right now. <laughs> but I just don't want to get shot trying to get it. Yeah, man. And you got to take that risk sometimes. Yeah. They have those hush puppies there. Um, okay. So knowing that we got a couple of things to talk about, um, it's prime movie season. And it was in our last episode, too. Um, yeah. Oh, I guess I should do the like cold opening. <laughs> um, I mean, I never do it, so I, I can. Yeah, do go it. ahead. Yeah, please, Darius, please. After you. Oh, now. 
<laughs> okay. Yes. yes, right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, so everybody, it's your boy Darius. And it's your boy Josh. And you are now tuned in to the Dominate the Decade podcast. Let's roll. Shit I taught you nigga, look this little young grateful nigga, I'm thinking I should offer niggas. Learn the hard way, keeping it real make cost a nigga. All that love and rubber shit, they gon' cross a nigga. I know that I'm trapped, I know it. So yeah, we're back. It's another episode. We've been talking a lot about movies. Um, that's gonna be the theme for another episode today. Um, it's prime movie season. Um, I feel like the fall, winter is the best time in general for movies. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like the fact that people need things to do like inside and it's cold mm. um but yeah i don't know what it is about the season but i always get in a movie watching mood um movies stay coming out and i feel like this year has been a very very strong year for movies like i've seen a lot of different movies this year i need to put it like all together into a number about how many episodes or how many movies i've seen but um these ones in the past like three, four months have been some of the best of the year. Um, so I definitely want to dive a little bit deeper into some of the best movies that we've seen recently. Um, we started the show talking about Puss in Boots. Um, Adarius <laughs> has uh, let me know that this movie is amazing. No, all jokes aside, like is amazing. Um, and I need to check it out ASAP. So I will be doing that after this episode. Um, but for today, we're going to keep it to not one movie, but two movies um, that surprisingly have a little bit of the same vibe, the same themes, some, some cross parallels. Um, we're talking about Wakanda Forever, the second installment of the, of the Black Panther franchise, um, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman, um, and Avatar Way of Water, which just recently came out um, a week or two ago. So um very very big movies big budgets on both of these a lot riding on these a lot of anticipation avatar has been it's been 10 years or so since the first one dropped and there are a lot of people that have been waiting years for it to come out um see what's next in the series um and in my opinion don't want to get too spoiler heavy but it was worth the wait i really enjoyed avatar um but maybe we saved that after how do we want to do this maybe we'll kind of forever first since it came out first yeah yeah i think that would be yeah. good let's do it that way um so yeah what were your um initial thoughts on wakanda forever okay uh I'm, so actually i'm gonna start off by saying that i think that i might share some unpopular opinions in this episode uh and i am okay with that uh any hate mail that we get can be directed directly towards me i'm <laughs> underscore adarius on instagram uh but yeah so for wakanda forever it was a good movie 
but honestly, it's not one that I think I would ever watch again. Uh, I mm. liked it, but I didn't love it, you know? Um, I, I sort of felt like, first off, and I'm trying not to do too many spoilers, I feel like people died that didn't necessarily need to. Yes. Um, I feel like the main character, like we saw her like kind of start to have like an emotional journey or whatever, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like it actually paid off. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like she ever really resolved her central issue. And so I was like, at the end of the movie, we're just kind of like, okay, well, I guess she did the thing. So like, good for her, I guess. Um, but yeah, but I do think that it was still, with all that being said, like a great tribute to Chadwick. Um, and I think it really started out to set up the next Black Panther to be who they are. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think it was like finished, you know? I feel like if the movie was about 30 minutes longer, we could have wrapped everything up the way that it needed to be. Really? But I kind of felt like when we got to the end, it was just like, okay, we just got to like end the story, you know? Yeah. Dang. That's that's a really good way to put it because I felt the same about a couple of different like parts of the movie. Um, and it's funny that you say there was so much in it and like it needed a better, I guess, bow on top mm-hmm. um, because it was a long movie. It was two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, which kind of gets me to, I feel like my overall theme of the movie, I feel like they had so much ground to cover that like they tried to do too much with it. Like all yeah. the things you talked about, like, all right, since the last movie, Chadwick Boseman has passed away. Rest in peace. Um, they have to transition into another Black Panther. They also have to continue the story of what happens after Black Panther 1, where there's this like internal fighting um, and people discover that they have vibranium. There's this whole new universe sparks. Um, and then I guess we can get into the story now, but they introduce this other nation this these whole other people this whole other just universe in itself um so all these things combined kind of have it like whoa this this movie is packed to the brim with all of these different themes Mm -hmm. um there's so much about like culture whether it's like our our african culture or hispanic culture and the history behind that and um conquistadors and a lot of stuff going on then like the underlying thing of water and um not antarctica what's the one what's atlantis Uh, um the kind of parallels to atlantis uh then you have like a super genius 12 year old who's studying at mit or stuff like that it's like it's a lot of stuff going on in the whole movie that i don't think is bad and i think that all of it was it had a place, but mm-hmm. I wonder if it could have been done a little bit differently that would have had a little bit more like impactful moments on mm-hmm. specific moments, indeed. Um, and I kind of feel like uh, the main thing for me is um, knowing that they had to get over all of this stuff with Chadwick and the transition to the new Black Panther, um, the insertion of this new um, group of people 
I don't know the name. Do you know the name? I refer to them as the water people. Uh, we can look that we, up. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Yep, I'm going to have to look that up. But um, to keep the, the conversation going, the water people, um, it was so in-depth and there were a lot of details that I kind of feel like it could have been its own movie. And I feel like that's what they were setting up. Um, mm -hmm. But sometimes it kind of felt like there were two storylines going on. Like it's one with uh, the Wakanda people um, and their battle with maintaining their own privacy, um, the infighting that was going on that kind of ceased, but was still kind of going on with how um, Chadwick passed away and like that transition and stuff. Um, but the water people coming in who had his who had Hispanic heritage, um, that was something that kind of took the attention of the whole movie for me. Um, so yeah, I feel like overall, it was a lot of stuff going on. Uh, the movie visually was dope. I really enjoyed it. Um, the acting performances, the main character, Zuri, um, she was dope. Um, all of the like supporting characters were very cool. Angela Bassett, actor ass off per usual. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't think that it was a bad movie at all, but I think if I was doing it, I probably would have done it a little bit differently and focused a little bit more on certain issues a little bit more. Yeah, like, I personally feel like, granted, I don't know, and I'm trying to remember all the Marvel movies, but like, I don't know if anyone's done like a part one, part two, aside from the Avengers, but like, yep. I feel like this one could have warranted like a part one, part two. Yeah, and I feel like enough people are invested in the Black Panther storyline that, like, financially, that still would have worked out. Like, you could have guaranteed people are still going to show up to see part two. You know, um, it's not like you had to finish it all in one storyline. As far as I am thinking, and obviously, like, you know, I'm little old me, uh, but yeah, it just felt kind of rushed. And I think that, like, ultimately while the story was done good like it wasn't done I, I feel like as good as it could have been um especially because like even with the, the um and this is a spoiler like the thing at the end with the sun like mm -hmm. by the time we got there I was just like oh okay we're just gonna talk about it and then nothing you know so <laughs> and like I'm glad they kind of just like hurried up and said like oh yeah uh Queen Ramonda like she did get to meet him or whatever but like okay like First off, she didn't have to die. Like, yeah, and th that's another full spoiler. Um, We're fully in the spoiler section now. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, but yeah, I just felt like that just like really didn't need to happen. I was like really kind of annoyed when it did, especially because like it was one of those things where she was fine one second, and then now she's just not. So I'm like, okay, we didn't didn't even get to have like an emotional moment to like mm -hmm. sort of deal with that we're already dealing with the fact that like okay Chadwick's not here so it's just like I don't know it just felt like too much at one particular moment um especially for characters that like people already have like a very close like attachment to and to sort of have them you know die off screen it kind of sucks and I know in one case you couldn't help it but like I don't know it just felt sort of cheap in a way I don't know if yeah. that's the right word but but yeah no I agree 1000% so her character dying I think was there had to be more to the story like whenever stuff happens like that that certainly 
kind of doesn't make sense for the plot, but it kind of just seems like it's thrown in there. I always wonder if like behind the scenes, it's like, oh, this actor doesn't want to do it anymore or their cost is getting too expensive or they don't want to write anymore about this their character. Something like that where it's like, it's not just about the story because I agree. I don't think it advanced the story at all. Um, it kind of seemed a little just placed there in general. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what that was about either. I don't think she had to die. Also, I don't think that there were any big changes or consequences that came from her dying. Um, the storyline was already kind of set about, okay, Zuri is going to replace Chadwick as the Black Panther. And her brother died and she had this great emotional attachment to him. Um, so the fact that he passed away is still heavy on her heart. She has all this um, remorse and guilt. Um, and there was almost, there was a sense of vengeance in her that whoever caused this or whatever structure out there that was supporting this, um, she was going to be against and like fully in vengeance mode to get back and have her revenge and all this stuff. Um, and that was a storyline that honestly, when I come to think of it, like it was a little predictable and even mm -hmm. how she was like going about it, like she was like, I'll watch the whole world burn just to do something like it was very like dramatic. Oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> like that's the whole motivation for everything. Maybe not, but um, yeah, that happening was um a storyline in itself. So when the mother passed away, it kind of seemed like there was an ulterior motive, but I don't know, to each his own. Yeah. And I feel like well, you brought up a point and I wanted to hit on, and I literally just forgot what it was a second off in my mouth. Take your time. I was talking a little bit about Zuri, her motivation, Chadwick dying, um, the mother dying, being pointless. Nope, it's gone. Dang. Okay. Hey, that happens to me more often than I like to admit. Um, <laughs> but I guess yeah, we, we can. Uh, looking at the thing too, but yeah, we yeah, get it all. No. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I guess we can uh, get into the plot a little bit. Um, so from what I took with the movie, um, the plot was obviously overcoming Chadwick Boseman's death. Wait, we got it. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius has regained his thought. Yeah. Um, why was Killmonger in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Like, what purpose did, like, huh? Like, granted, I get that he's dead and like the whole, you know, I thought the purpose of them going into the ancestral plane was okay you see your ancestors like mm -hmm. you don't just see your random cousin that like you didn't even rock with in life so like huh like that didn't make yeah. sense granted i get okay she's a vengeful person whatever this that and the third but like that didn't make any sense to me yeah they kind of just put that in there i feel like they had to get the boy michael b jordan the cameo in the movie um which actually reminds me when we're talking about pointless deaths, like 
he didn't have to die in the first one anyway. So. I mean, he really didn't. <laughs> it's kind of on brand that they have all these pointless deaths. Um, but yeah, I was wondering the same thing. Like, I was surprised when he popped up um, whenever she went to the ancestral plane, but uh, was also like, why is he here? Like, why is she taking advice from him? Like, maybe she's conjuring up all these negative feelings in their bloodline, but also, like, I don't think that advances the plot either. It does. And also, like, how did his locks grow? Like, this man is dead. <laughs> Who was giving retwists in the ancestral plane? Like, I just don't. Oh, man. None of this makes sense. <laughs> hey, you're on the details that actually matter. Uh, those like, are the questions that need to be answered. I'm just. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess the plot. So what I took from the plot, um, I think the underlying theme was about um, remorse and how negatively or on the negative end of the spectrum that can be like vengeance and it can be consuming um, and it can turn you into someone that you are not. In this case, Zuri, she was uh, the Black Panther, but she was motivated by a lot of, I guess, like negative energies or evil spirits where she just wanted to caused terror with the world. She kind of had that Killmonger energy, um, which maybe yeah. is why they included him in there. Um, but on the other end of the spectrum, having this forgiving leader mentality um, that wants the best for not only your people, but every person involved in any situation, which um, brings me to the insertion of the other um, people that also had vibranium. Um, still don't know the name of the water people, but I'll call them the water people again. Um, but yeah, they uh, they had a little bit of, not not a little bit, they had a lot of ties with um, Hispanic heritage. And um, even though they were like underwater, um, kind of like represented Atlantis, there was a lot about um, their culture dating back to like um, the Mayas and the Incas and there was more people, more indigenous cultures and how they were kind of robbed of their, not kind of, they were robbed of their land, um, pushed out of a lot of different places, um, conquistadors coming all over the place um, and how that turned into vengeance too. The main character for their side, um, I forget his name as well, but I know they called him El Nino Sino More, which uh, translated into English means the child without love. Um, which is a fire name, by the way. That's awesome. a, a crazy villain. Like, um, but he was also filled with vengeance. He was also filled with hatred. Um, and he would resort to anything um, in order to protect his people, which is a pretty noble cause, but um, the means sometimes don't justify the end. So uh, there was a little bit of a parallel between both of them. Um, and the main conflict which is another part that I had a little bit of a question about. The main conflict um, to me seemed to be that the water people um, believe that everyone else that didn't have vibranium, which is literally everyone else besides them and the people from Wakanda, um, they were a danger to those that had vibranium because they weren't gonna stop finding or, and searching for them um, until they could get the vibranium. So the POV of the Water Nation was to um, destroy them before they were able to uh, destroy 
each other with vibranium. Um, so that was a one POV of that nation. Um, but then the POV of Wakanda's um, people, they were saying that our meeting is about to end. They were saying that uh, you can approach it in a different way. So there was kind of like a, a disconnect between those two nations with um, vibranium, which is very similar to what the disconnect was in the first one, but it was more like external focused on this. Um, so yeah, that was the main conflict. Like they were going back and forth with each other, whether they wanted to end um, or start a conflict with Wakanda and take them over and end them, a whole lot of killing with that. Um, that was pretty much the main conflict. But then there was like a sub-conflict, which I believe should have been the main conflict of there's these other nations that are coming to kill us. Let's just team up and make that not happen. Yeah, like, and honestly, that is another one of my major problems with the movie. Yep. And like, maybe it's making some larger point, but like, I feel like the person that both of y'all should be fighting is not seen, you know? Yep. Like they're very much like in the background, but like, again, why are we focused on fighting each other when meet them, like we are in each other's problem, you know? Mm -hmm. Like even the person who, so I know they were mad at, uh, so the Talokan, which are the water people. Nice, uh, thank you. I got you. Um, so basically, they were met at Riri Williams, who is the new one of the new characters they got um, introduced. She's the, the the girl who's at MIT. She developed this machine, basically that detects vibranium. Um, she's an American. She's really in no way connected to Wakanda. Uh, I forget why exactly she ends up being under Wakandan protection. Uh, I think she was like her heritage was Wakandan. She like came from, or like one of her family members or something, but she was living in the United States. And she was like 14 or so. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, she uh, basically, she built the machine, the text vibranium. Um, but like, so I know the Talokan, they want to kill her for building the machine, which doesn't make sense because the machine's already built. Yeah. So like at this point, what good does it what good does that do? You know? Um so uh, in that regard, it doesn't make sense why you're fighting the Wakandans. But even then, like still, they're not even the people that you're worried about coming to get the vibranium. Mm -hmm. So why are you fighting them in the first place? Mm -hmm. Um and so yeah, it just didn't make sense. Uh like this this like you said, the central conflict in my mind, just didn't make sense from the beginning. So I was just kind of like, okay, we're just, again, just sort of doing things to do them. And I get mm -hmm. that, like, we, I guess we needed to introduce some new characters. But, yeah, I just wasn't super thrilled about the way that it happened. Yeah, yeah. The conflict definitely got a little confusing to me because there were multiple parts of the movie that I was like, wait, why are y'all fighting each other again? Aren't y'all on the same side? Um, yeah. And where is this person that y'all keep alluding to? Like y'all keep talking about, oh, the dangerous white man, like, but you're not even like making any efforts to fight. And then towards the end of the movie, they have this whole big brawl. Um, honestly, the Wakandans, uh, they got smacked up. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was a lot of people that died on their side. But um, 
long story short, uh, there ends the, there ends up being this recollection by Zuri to have grace and not kill um, the leader of the what was it called? T the Talokan. Talokan, yes, um, and the Nino scene more. Um, but then they come flying back to where the fight was happening, and they're like, "No, we're all together. We we can rule this together." And it's literally like probably a thousand from the Telokan and maybe like 10 from Wakanda. And I'm like, yeah. why, why did we do this? Why were there people killing each other? Why is this the main conflict? You didn't even see the other enemy that we were really going for. Or like, could y'all not have decided to have this Kumbaya moment like 15 minutes sooner? Come on. Like, it didn't okay. make too much sense. But I think that the historical accuracy part of it um, much like the Woman King, like we were discussing, um, I think was another interesting part of the movie because I did like the historical accuracy or the historical take of it um, because there were a lot of things that were paralleled from the telecon to indigenous culture and as well as the, the African culture that the Wakandans represented. Um, but I think that infighting or the clashing between people that should be on the same side maybe they were making a a statement with that that this is literally what happens a lot like there is one central enemy there is this overall power structure that is causing the discomfort at the very least and death at the very max of people that look similar to you um, and are in similar circumstances as you, but the infighting between those is completely um, directed at the wrong group of people. So I felt like that was my point of frustration that, wait, why are we fighting each other when you should be fighting someone else? And that might be the reality of the situation too, in certain circumstances, like, we should be fighting these other people. We should be channeling our attention to these other people. But instead, there's this infighting between different cultures that go through a lot of the, the same or similar things. And not only should we not be fighting each other, but like we literally have everything that they want. Like we are exactly we are superior. Like not to not to say that, like, you know, white people are like lesser than, but like in terms of access to natural resources, in terms of, yeah, I'm gonna say it, just culture in general, like yep. we just have what they want. But if we spend too much time fighting each other, they actively just come in and just take whatever it was that you know we had anyway. So like, again, all this infighting is just points. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so maybe that, serves as a wake-up call <laughs> I don't know I feel like we might be giving them too much credit um I definitely feel like it was designed to be very commercial very um for all audiences like a big blockbuster movie which is not a problem at all but um I don't know sometimes whenever I think about like how good movies can be I'm like dang if y'all really went the the route of telling the best story here like this would have been fire but sometimes it's like oh no we got to include this angle we got to include that angle we got to show that um so i don't know what do you think um what would you rate it out of 10 
Uh, so granted, I feel like you, you, so I'm really, I'm trying not to rate it compared to Black Panther, the original, mm. but I feel like it's possible for me to do so mm-hmm. because I think even to our point of like, okay, us giving possibly this movie too much credit in terms of like the, the deeper lessons that it's trying to teach. I feel like the original Black Panther did that, but it did that in a better way. Yep. So I feel like whatever I give this movie for that reason alone has to be lower than the first one, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, I would say and I'm gonna have to I'm gonna I'm gonna use the rating from the Black Men Can't Jump podcast. Shout out to them. They will probably yes. never listen to this, but hopefully they do. Uh-huh. Uh, but I will give it props for the number of I think marginalized people that it sort of put on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm gonna give it a strong seven. But the representation factor is I think for me doing a lot. Mm-hmm. Story wise, I'm gonna put it at like a five. Yeah, no, I think that's a a very accurate way to put it. Um, Representation, fire. Like, it was a lot of Black people in there, number one, people of color, number two. Um, Yeah, it's definitely up there in terms of representation and telling unique stories. I always struggle with that with movies like this, particularly superhero movies, because it's like, it's telling a unique story, like, from a certain perspective, but it's actually telling a fictional story. But anyway, um, but yeah, the storyline was definitely lacking a little bit. I felt like it could have been a lot better. I know we're about to get cut off here, but I would say it would it would be like a a seven max for me too. So so yeah, I would say seven out of ten for me. Um, that would be the max. I could see anyone rating it from like a six to a seven i don't think it was a bad movie it was definitely an enjoyable watch um it did get pretty lengthy um not even gonna hold you i uh i've seen this movie like two and a half times um i fell asleep the first time i saw it granted it it was late but um during the middle there i was just like man it's a lot of stuff going on i feel like none of this is advancing the plot um and I got woken up at a good time because they were just about to go into the battle. So I feel like I got a good representation of the first um, of the movie the first time I saw it. But yeah, I think it was good. Um, definitely not Black Panther 1. I feel like Black Panther 1 is and always will be kind of just like a staple for our culture um, that came at a very good time, I think the way it was done and kind of like the novelty of it probably won't be replicated very similar to um how get out came about like i don't think culture was expecting expecting a get out um or could really like predict how it would shape culture um culture would react to it and i feel the same way about black panther um so trying to replicate that with the second film um i didn't expect to happen at all. Um, I do like the direction that they took with it, um, with introducing another culture into it. Although it was rushed, I felt like it was a cool pivot. Um, I think the 
say it one more time for me. Who who were the Tele? Yeah, the Telecon. Telecon, gotcha, gotcha. I think the Telecon will definitely have to have their own solo movie um, in the future because that whole Atlantis vibe was too cool not to explore a little bit more. Um, but yeah, to reiterate, I would give it a strong seven out of ten. So we are in agreement there. Um, one thing about the Telecon too, the fact that they were in water. Um, I felt like it was very cool. Like sometimes watching these scenes, I mm-hmm. kind of got a little um, out of breath, you know, like when they show no, for under, underwater scenes and you're like holding your breath subconsciously, you're like, oh man. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I love water, I love being around it and stuff. It still is a little bit of a, a shocker. Um, but I thought it was interesting that there's this big emphasis on like water and culture right now, particularly mm-hmm. in, in film. Um, and these big blockbuster movies, like the second Avatar installment came out too. Um, and that one was majorly about like the way of water. It's literally the name. But um, it, there were very, there were some very interesting parallels between the two movies. Um, the main one being the tie-in of water. But I think um, indigenous people losing things and having things taken away from them having um like this external battle come come through i feel like that was another parallel um also it being like a long-awaited story and like this big blockbuster of a film um and like a second installation into uh, a pretty popular series i don't know it's cool that they both came out in the same year let alone within a month of each other um, and they are pretty similar in the type of themes that they address. So um, I don't know. I, I really like Avatar, the second one. Um, out of the two, I think I liked Avatar a little bit more. Both were visually appealing, but I feel like Avatar is just on another level with the cinematography, the animation, the technology that's used um, for the animation. So um we can get a little bit more into the story and the plot and stuff, but what were your uh, initial thoughts on Avatar, The Way of Water? So, again, me with my popular opinions this episode. So I, I liked the movie. It was visually beautiful. Probably one of the like most visual movies that I've seen this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Love the... So when I saw it, I think it was in IMAX 3D. Um, phenomenal. No complaints about that. Storyline-wise, I do sort of feel like it was just Avatar. To it was the first Avatar, but underwater this time. Yes. Uh, like that was really the only difference was the setting. Um, that and then the fact that there weren't as many black people in this one. Uh, but I digress. Um, and honestly, I feel like since it was the same story twice. I honestly just don't feel like there was a reason for it to be three hours long. Um, mm. Personally, I feel like a movie shouldn't be more than an hour and a half. Like, that's just... Really? Once we're getting beyond that, like, okay, what are you doing? Uh, like, if you can't Wait, tell us... pause. <laughs> pause. I, because I think that's a really good rule. But I will say there needs to be exceptions to the rule. Like, because if there is a reason why a movie is three hours long, okay, we're all good. If there needs to be so much character development that it helps propel the story, then I I think that I can 
bear the time or if it's a, yeah. if it's like a storyline that I kind of forget that I've been in a movie for two and a half hours, then it's worth it. But yeah, sorry about that. I just had to insert it. Continue. No, but you no, but for real. So like in this case, this was not a movie that needed to be three hours. No, because like a lot of the scenes were basically just repeats of other scenes in the movie. Like, mm-hmm. okay, we get it. He had he's like swimming with this big whale thing. Like we only need to see so much bonding between the two of them, you know? Um, and also another thing that really annoys me in movies, and this is like a trope, I guess, and I just hate it every time I see it. Hard-headed kids. Like, okay, if I've told you not to run off into this battle like several times, I don't feel sorry when something bad happens to you after a certain point. Like, yep. I get that you're a child, but like, sit down. Like, you know, you know, you know? Uh, but I'm like, okay, how many times do y'all have to keep telling this dude to like chill out, calm down? And like, and also he's just too old to be needing this much supervision, you know? Like, I don't know how old he is, but he looked about 14. Uh, he also looked black, and I don't think he was, but that's another <laughs> problem. We'll get into that in a second. But yeah, it was just like it just got annoying in a certain um and I only need to see that, you know, once or twice before it starts to just feel very repetitive. Yeah. And so I really just feel like we're making a three-hour movie because James Cameron knows we're just going to sit through it and we're going to see the next two anyway. So, like, yeah. he can do whatever he wants to at this point. Yeah. Um, and also, like, another trope that I that I hate is, like, letting people live that really just don't need... So oh my the goodness. opposite problem happened in this movie. So, like, Wakanda Forever, people died that didn't need to. This one, people lived when they didn't need to. Yes. Like it's it's several people in this movie that could have died and we would have been fine. Yeah. Uh, and granted, some uh, somebody did die. And granted, so looking back, the person who died didn't really have that many lines anyway. So it's just like okay, it was pointless. Yeah, like your whole point in this movie is to die at the end, and that's another thing I hate. Like, if like not saying that it needed to be somebody important, but like, okay, if you're gonna make a person die. Yeah. Like, don't let that be their only function in the movie. Come on. To be somebody else's character development. Like, no, like, develop the character. Um, so, yeah, didn't really care for that. Uh, but I do think that, like, the storyline, it was good and it was entertaining, even if it was, like, repetitive and even if it was basically just a repackaged version of the first one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Dang. You... <laughs> You hit on so many different points that like literally came to my mind as, as I was watching it and afterwards too. Um, and it really gets you like whenever you finish the movie because during the movie, you're like, okay, this is taking a long time because it's really important to the story. And then you finish it and then you're like, wait, no, it wasn't at all. Yeah. Like, why, why did we spend so much time on this? But um, okay, that first point you said about the trope where the hard-headed kids just are doing the most. That could have been the theme of this movie, honestly. Hard-headed yeah. kids, because that was really it. And for anyone that hasn't seen the movie yet, I guess this is like a little pre-vibe to the actual like spoilers. Um, so if you're listening, you got like five minutes until we get into spoilers. Yes. Um, but the gist of the story, um, so Jake Sully... If anyone hasn't seen the first Avatar, I don't know why you would be listening to this, but 
maybe you uh, just enjoy our podcast. So shout out to you. But hey, um, love you. yeah, we love you very much. Keep listening. But um, yeah, so Jake Sully, who was the outsider in the first movie, he is now fully welcomed into the tribe and not even just welcomed. He's kind of like a leader of the tribe. He has um, locks. He has dreadlock now, uh, which I don't know how that's humanly possible, but um, maybe it's because they're not humans anymore. But anyway, so uh, he was now entrenched in the village of Pandora, where these blue people reside. Um, and the conflict, just like the first movie, is that uh, the U.S. or people from Earth are trying to come to Pandora and harvest the... Uh, the resources that they have um, and honestly take over and kill the people that are there. A very uh, similar uh, like trope to the first movie and other movies like it. Um, so this is like, I think 10 years or so in the future. So now Jake Sully and um, his wife, his partner in the movie, Zoe Slaudana, who is actually a native to Pandora, they have children. Um, I think it's three, yeah, it's three of them, um, two older boys and a baby. Um, and the oldest child, he's very like timid and just very cool. Like he does what he's asked. Um, but then the middle child, uh, who is actually the main character, he is not, he is the exact opposite. Um, and honestly, he caused I'd say maybe 95% of the things that went wrong in this movie to go wrong. Yeah. Um, and that's being and conservative. Literally, literally. And since the beginning, like it was all him, like just being disobedient. Like the, the dad would tell him, Hey, just sit here and don't do anything like scout, um, keeping them involved in the things that were going on. Cause they were battling back against the people that were trying to come take the resources um but he literally said forget that and let me go put myself in harm's way and then things go bad and you have to go save and then he's like why'd you do that why'd you do that fast forward maybe another hour and a half of the movie um he does it again then he does it again then he does it again so much so literally Adarius, i was in the the movie theater and the last time that he was doing it maybe 30 minutes left in the movie um the dad said Stay here. Don't go anywhere. And this is, mind you, after catastrophic events have taken place, like literally by the hand of this main character. The dad says, stay here. I kid you not, within 10 seconds, the boy said, all right, guys, I'm about to go. <laughs> and he like, literally hop, hops in the water. And people in my movie theater were like, oh, my goodness, what is he doing? And it, that's literally how I felt, too. I was like, this guy is just causing problems at this point. Um, so yeah, that was uh, a large chunk of the story. Um, and then you have the also indigenous native people, but they were from a different part of Pandora. And their part of Pandora was mostly water-based. So they evolved a lot differently than the Pandorians in the first movie um, that Jake Sully is now entrenched in. So it, a lot of it was... Uh, meant to show them uh, and teaching them how to operate with water, um, use some of their abilities to be efficient swimming and using animals and everything's connected. Um, and you're connected with the water, you're connected with the animals, you're connected with the on land animals, all of these things. 
are intertwined. Um, so there was a lot of time spent on showing the natives there, showing the other Pandorians how to um, operate with water, which was cool, but they also spent a lot of time on that too, um, yeah. which I get it, it's, it's Avatar. So they're just gonna show you the cool kind of immersive things about the planet in general. But um, I also remember being in the movie and I researched a little bit before I went, I was like, it's three and a half hours long. I know I'm going to need to use the bathroom. What would be a good time to go to the bathroom? And it came up that these parts where they were talking about like, oh, this is how you operate with water. This is how you communicate with the animals. And they were showing so much stuff. It's like, yeah, you can go to the bathroom now because they literally are just showing all of this for special effects. Um, so yeah, that was uh, another large chunk of the movie. Um, and the reason why we wanted to combine both of these episodes uh, between Wakanda Forever and um, Avatar 2 was because there were very, there were a lot of different parallel themes between the two movies, like about indigenous cultures, um, water being a main one too. Um, but I don't know if I have to give my honest opinion of this movie. I, despite all these things that I just said, I really liked watching the movie. I enjoyed my experience in the movie theater watching it. It was long. Um, I watched it multiple times and I did fall asleep again on the first time. But that's why we go back and watch it the second time. Amen. Um, <laughs> amen. Um, but I did enjoy watching it. And I do think that watching the first one recently before watching this one helped a lot because it was literally, like you just said, Darius, a continuation of the first movie. Like, honestly, they could have been put together, but then it would have been a six hour movie and that just wouldn't work. But um, I do think that it was worth the wait. Um, I was kind of expecting them to go in a little bit of a different direction um, because the main conflict uh, with this one was the same main conflict with the first one. It was just people trying to come take the resources and honestly the same main villain character is the same main villain character in this movie too which uh, I, that's something I'll toss to you. What was the point of this general's character um, and what was his what was his goal here? So literally revenge and like oh. so I'm looking at the Wikipedia now um sorry my allergies are kicking my mind but anyway um so it not only says that obviously he was in the first one and the second one like you just said but according to wikipedia he's also going to be in all four sequels oh no so like what is the point <laughs> like he already didn't have a reason to be in this one mainly so what is he gonna do in the next three i don't yeah. know especially when he should have died in this one like he did die in the first one so like Okay. Okay. I guess gonna, it just doesn't matter, you know. They're just gonna keep bringing him back. Like this, this actor must have like an in perpetuity contract with James Cameron, or James Cameron must owe him some money or something. No, and, like this man, this man got some sort of videotape of James Cameron doing some sort of <laughs> especially heinous type shit. Like yeah. this is ridiculous. Hey, this guy got a three sixty deal on James Cameron. Must be because <laughs> it makes no sense why he was in this movie in general, but I'll, I'll let it slide. They brought him back. They had him as an avatar. Um, but literally the whole point of his character in the movie 
was to get back at Jake Sully. And the fact that this military put so much money into him directing orders to do so, it's like, why are y'all wasting all these resources? Like, it's not even about the resources that y'all are getting from Pandora. You got this man talking about, all right, we're going to send a whole fleet over to get and trap Jake Sully because he derailed us last time. And we, like, what even was the, the mission of his job? Um, which he died at the end. Um, spoiler. Um, I said five minutes. It's been about five minutes. So, yeah, um, yeah he ended up dying um, at the end, allegedly. But you have the character Spider in the movie. His son. His which son. Which we really don't get into. And that makes no sense either how that's his son. But he ends up saving him, which is a huge character flaw in Spider. I guess not character flaw because his character just sucks. <laughs> like, yeah, I, don't, like I don't get why he was there at all anyway. Um, he was so wish-washy. He was so back and forth. Like, are you with the Pandorians or are you with the humans? Like, w- tell me, because I don't know. Um, and yeah, he ended up saving the general at, at the very last minute. And so I guess because of that, he's going to be in the third installment of this movie which probably will be about the same thing. But a lot of it just didn't make sense. A, a lot of it was, um, I guess, too, too continuous, like too very, it was very plotted how things were going to end up. Um, yeah. And I just don't feel like it needed to be that way. Not at all. And speaking of things that didn't make sense, so. We talked about, you know, Jake and Jake and Nateri, his partner, wife. Um, they have, you know, the two sons and the daughter, the two sons and the little girl. They also adopted the doctor, Dr. Grace's from the first one. She died in the first one. She got shot. I remember that. Mm-hmm. But somehow, after being shot and dying, she got pregnant. Yes. By, by a person who we still don't know who it is. <laughs> she got pregnant and they basically had her in sort of like a like a fluid chamber type thing or whatever. She got pregnant, gave birth to not not a human baby. Yeah. Uh an, an avatar of uh one of the Navi, the, the blue people. Yeah. So, did she did did a human get her pregnant, and they put the babe the the spirit soul of the baby into an avatar? Mm-hmm. Did an avatar get her pregnant? Well, mm-hmm. well, yeah, because she's a half blood. They did, which does which. It's confusing, man. I'm telling you, I, I spent hours after the movie trying to figure out the kids part, like how it worked, how. How did she have a baby? Why was that not mentioned in the first movie? Like, it's really like they just brought her up out of nowhere. And, like, the fact that she was, like, dead, and I hate to make it, like, deeper than it is, but, like, you can, you obviously can't give, like, consent for sexual activity if you're dead. <laughs> oh, man. So, like, that just adds another, like, messed up layer to the movie, because why would you even add that in? Like, why would that Yep. 
Like that's that is a completely pointless detail that only makes this whole story just like really messed up. And the daughter really served no purpose, at least in this movie. Honestly. Like, she really didn't help the story at all. Like she had a couple moments with Grace, her mom, her virtual mom, where she was like, I'm so proud of you doing this, doing that. Like, I don't know. That part, the whole kids in general didn't really make too much sense. And the the general with his son, Spider, who was a full human, I was wondering how he got there too. Like, and why he was on Pandora for all those years. And how did he get there? Who was the mother? Like all of these things. Like and the thing that pissed me off the most, Grace, the doctor, and her daughter are voiced by the same person. <laughs> so they they literally you literally created this messed up scenario for this woman to just keep a role in a movie that she literally didn't need to be in in any capacity. Granted, she had some cool powers, but you know, she can move the fish. <laughs> like uh and you know, she you know, she could hear, you know, the earth, the Pandora's heartbeat. She she mighty. She sounds mighty. Yeah. That was a cool, cool little moment. Uh, but aside from that, she was just kind of there, you know? Yeah, she was the, just there. And honestly, like, it made me think that if they wanted to keep Grace in the movie, they could have just done that. Like, they could have had her revived and she made it through, still had the same voice actor. Um, yeah, that's so funny to say that because, yeah, that was very unnecessary. Um, something else that was unnecessary um, the water people in general. Now, this is another one where I don't know the name of their tribe, but I know they were the water people. Um, thinking about their whole purpose in the movie, they really just got fucked up, like, for no reason. They did. <laughs> um, they, they were so hospitable and nice, and they let Jake Sully and his family in. Jake Sully uh, was like, I'm just trying to take care of my family. The Scott people are coming after me. They're searching for me. Um, can y'all house me? And despite their initial reactions where they were like, nah, bro, don't bring that smoke over here. They said, no, we will we will bring you in, your family in. We will teach you. We will have the highest regard for y'all. And exactly what they thought was going to happen, the Sky people came, messed them up, killed their animals, killed multiple people, all to get Jake Sully. And I'm like, y'all brought this problem here for no reason. And they didn't gain anything from it at all. Like, like Y'all could have just stayed on the move. That's it. Like, why did y'all settle in one? Like, I granted, you know, you have the young child, but like, we could keep going. You yeah. know? Yeah. The, the, the danger followed them around for sure. I really felt for the Water Tribe because, um, yeah, they were living perfectly peaceful before. It seemed like they were having a good life until um, the the general showed up started killing their animals, started pushing down their people and all this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I feel like Jake Sully definitely owe them something for that because uh, that was unnecessary. Mm. Uh, very interesting. Um, but I heard that uh, this was the most expensive movie to make ever, um, which is right on brand. Which is right on brand because I think the first one it was like the third most expensive movie to make forever. Um, who's ever financing these movies? Y'all got a deep bag on you. Um, but 
Okay, so we rated Wakanda Forever um, out of 10. What would you rate this, Adarius? So first, before we rate it, I do feel like I need to reiterate the fact that there looks like there was a lot of Black people in this movie. Yes. A lot of these blue people look Black. A lot of, a lot of people had dreads. One dude had a fade, which I don't understand how they did that. <laughs> One of the characters looked just like Halle Bailey. So shout out her. Uh the dot the the daughter of the water people tribe. Yeah. She looked exactly like Halle Bailey. Uh yeah, but I think now I do think she I do think she is a person of color. But like, mm. yeah, I wasn't sure about everybody else. Um I felt like I saw some corn rows. Uh definitely saw mm. some locks. Definitely. So that's another theme between these two movies. People have locks when it, it's not really explained as to how they got them. Uh, but yeah so given the the visual diversity of the movie uh since that's the theme uh i will say that like as much as i did complain about avatar i did enjoy seeing it Mm -hmm. um for the fact that it was the most expensive movie or at least one of the most expensive movies ever made like you could tell a lot of like thought went into the design of the movie um and I'm also not one of those people that thinks that every movie needs to be like perfect in every way. Like sometimes I like to watch movies just to like to not think about stuff a little yeah. bit. Uh, so I think this is a good movie to just kind of watch, even if you weren't necessarily taking in all of the like deeper hidden meanings and all this yeah. other like existential stuff. They gave you a lot uh, of time to do so too. Yeah, ex- three hours. I need I need to turn my mind off at some point. Three and a half. Don't forget like, that. It's ridiculous. Um. I, now, I will say it was a little too long, so I might take mm-hmm. off, you know, a rating point here for that. But I would say it's a probably about a solid eight. Mm. Like, I wouldn't tell somebody not to see it, but I wouldn't necessarily super encourage everybody to go see it if you wanted to watch, like, a good movie. But it is very visually entertaining. Um, and honestly, I'm really excited for, like, I know Disney does a lot of stuff with Avatar in terms of, like, rides and stuff, so I think that'll probably be cool to see how they, like, incorporate a lot of this stuff into that. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see like kind of what happens next. Um, but then I'm also just kind of excited to see how, for instance, like Marvel, like you now have to compete with this in terms of like mm. the visuals that y'all give people or like DC, like how other movies are going to react to something like this visually stunning, just being like available, you know? Yeah. Um, because that was another reason why it took so long between the first one and the second one is because they were waiting for the technology to catch up to what they wanted it to be to mm-hmm. make something like this possible. So um, I thought that that was really good, uh, really interesting. And like, you could tell, like, like I said, a lot of thought and pre-planning went into it in terms of like making the movie happen. Now I wish some of that would have went to like the screenwriting, but you know, <laughs> we'll take what we can get. Uh, and I love how I still haven't answered the original question yet. Uh, Rating. <laughs> no, you did. You Wait, no, I did eight. say eight. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I started talking for so long, I forgot what I said. <laughs> nah, man. Um, I agree with so much that you said right there. We've honestly been very much in sync with these uh reviews and ratings. Um, because I also would give it an eight, long story short. Um I think an eight or a seven point five. I think I might knock off point five for the length. Um, but I feel like because I mentally prepared for it being that long, like, and just knowing that this is more like an experience than a movie, I 
just kind of accepted it. So yeah, I would give it an eight too. Um, I think the story, like if you just look at it as an independent movie, like no first one, no context around anything, like it still is very amazing how they were able to create this whole world, um, create this whole universe. Um, very, very creative. I think about the people that like played instrumental parts in making this and bringing this to life and even like just James James Cameron but I know it goes so much deeper than just him but whoever wrote the story which I think it is James Cameron like is uber creative like has creative juices oozing out of their ears because like I don't know this is really like some dream world stuff um and thinking about the attention to detail how there were so many details in this um like the animals in general, um, the parallels between the animals on this planet and the animals on Earth, like, um, and then thinking about like the kind of collective consciousness aspect of a planet, um, yeah. that seems so far fetched. Like thinking about an alien planet like Pandora, but I don't know. I feel like there was an underlying current of this movie that. Pandora isn't real. This stuff is real, though. Like, yeah, very much. This, this earth that we're on is just like this. There's all of these resources. We look at it like this. We look at it like that. Um, and even going back to the first movie where they were just like the people from Earth were just tearing it up. That's very symbolic to what happens on our own planet right now. Like, we've just been fucking up the whole world um, since we've been able to. Um, but yeah, I thought that was very cool. Um, I think in order to, I don't want to say like in order to be this creative, um, but I think a conduit of creativity like this, these guys definitely had to be on some shrooms or something like that. that just, had to. Yeah, that just opened their mind to just like this collective conscious, like even just these ideas. Um, I feel like there's like, kind of like a spiritual connection to a lot of the things that were being discussed. Um, even just the sense of community um, and like interdisciplinary between different villages and how they're way different, but they're all still the same. Um, yeah. I thought it was funny that the new water people, they were still blue, but they were like a lighter shade of blue. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like, you know, what we're getting that here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, all of those things considered, I thought it was a very detailed movie, um, much like the first one. I think it hit on a lot of interesting points that I'm sure someone will dissect even further than we have right here. So um, yeah, I, I, I give it an eight because it was really an enjoyable watch. Like you, I would say, I wouldn't tell anyone not to watch it. Like, no, no, no don't, don't go. Like, it's definitely worth the money and more yeah. importantly, the time. Um, but I think because there were so many similarities between this one and the first one, it did kind of have a little bit of a repetitive feel. Um, and that's not always great, especially when you're watching a three and a half hour movie. So yeah, yeah I'll, uh, I'll give it an eight um, final answer. Like, like always, we're on the same page. We are on the same page, man. Um, but yeah, back back to how both of these are about water. Like, I wonder if there was like an internal meeting or something. Like, 
all right, y'all, towards the end of the year, we're going to have two blockbuster films. They're both going to be about water and indigenous people and people taking that away. Um, <laughs> it's actually funny how it lined up like that, but um, I don't know. Maybe there's something something about water. Maybe we got to look out for something in the future. Like, I, God forbid there's a tsunami or a flood or something like that. No, and I was really sitting there trying to think, like, okay, like, okay, what is something been going on? Like, did I miss something? <laughs> we didn't get the memo, apparently. Um, <laughs> but yeah, good movies, both good movies, both uh, suggest you to watch it. Um, yeah, like I said at the beginning of the episode, I mean, it's been so many good movies out right now that we've been feeling the need to just hop out here and give our perspective, give our reviews, our ratings of these movies. Um, if you made it this far, hopefully you go watch it. Or if you've watched it already, hopefully you um, hit us up to tell you, tell us what you thought about the movies as well too. Um, and yeah, we might be reviewing another one here shortly. Um, since Puss, is, Puss in Boots is looking so good, we might have to have that one next on the pod. Listen, I might go see it again. And you know, me going to see movies more than once does not happen always. So wow. Wow. Uh, a multi-watch from Adarius Simpkins. That's a stamp of approval that very few movies came. Truly. Jordan so, Peele, not the only person who gets it. Sheesh. Wow. So y'all heard it here first. Puss in Boots is the next uh, Academy Award winner. Um, and we all need to go ahead and support. So man. That's everything I got, Darius. Um, you got anything else? Nope. Y'all just stay warm. Yes, bro. It's been cold. Oh my goodness. It's oh, uh ridiculous. It is two days after Christmas when we're recording this. Um, and the days leading up to Christmas were the coldest I've ever seen, literally, in my life. Like I was in Colombia and I don't think I've ever seen it below 20 degrees. And it was like 15, 16, 17 for hours on end. And I was like, where is this coming from? See, down here, well, in my part of Florida, Tallahassee, we've really been in like the upper 30s, 40s. That's still uh, cold. It is. Like, and that's crazy. Like, that's still unheard of for here. Um, but thank, well, thank God for me. Uh, <laughs> the rest of y'all in my prayers. <laughs> for those of y'all that are dealing with that like cold earth. Bless you. Thank you. Had to go on mute for a second. Like I said, my allergies. <laughs> but yeah, y'all be easy. Uh, be warm, safe. Uh, late a Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Kwanzaa to those that celebrate uh, Hanukkah. All the holidays. Much love to... Oh, and for our, uh, even our international listeners, we see y'all too. Shout out to y'all. Shout out. Shout out to the international. The international. Yes, yes. And by the time you hear our voice next, most likely we'll be in 2023. So um, happy New Year's to folks. Um, make this next year your best one. Continue the theme of dominating the decade. It's year three already. It seems like it was just 2020 <laughs> and we are three years into the decade. So you're going to blink and it's going to be another three years then another three years. And then it's about to be 2030. And then what? Listen, don't blink too many times. (laughs) Don't blink too many, because we might be on the fourth installment of Avatar, and the general might still be in there. So, (laughs) yes, the the contract's been signed. He probably it's been signed. But 
All right, y'all. Thank y'all for listening to another episode of the Dominate the Decade podcast. We will see y'all soon. Peace. See y'all. Let your light reflect on me I promise I'm not